The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Kedushin daf Lamed Aleph, and we are at the second wide line on daf Lamed Omid Beis. So the Mishnah had said, Kol mitzvah saben alaof, anoshim chayovim v'noshim pturos. The whole mitzvah is ha'ov alaben, echod anoshim v'echod noshim chayovim. Says the Gemara, Kol mitzvah sa'ov alaben, echod anoshim what exactly does that mean? Does it mean any obligation, any mitzvah that the father has? To do to his child, that the obligation is not exclusive to the father, but it extends itself to the mother as well. That's not true, but we're doing it in the price, so in the beginning of the sugya. A father has an obligation to give his son a brismila and to do pidyan aben, and the Gemara said, only the father has the obligation, not the mother. So that would be an inaccurate statement. This is what the Mishnah means. Any mitzvah that a child has an obligation to do, to his father, says the Gemara, if that's shot in this Mishnah, this Mishnah is saying, albeit unclearly, something that's explicit in a Brisa. The Tanurabonon Ish, it says, by the mitzvah of Kibbut Avoim and by the mitzvah of Moira Avoim. Ish, Imoi, Vaviv Tiro, Ve'ez Shabsoisai Tishmoiru, Ani Hashem Alekechem, Ein Lielo Ish. From the fact that it says in the Basic Ish, it would seem to suggest only an Ish, only a man. Ish, to me, not had a woman. Kishwai, when it says, Tiro, Ish, Imoi, Vaviv Tiro, both of you should have Moira. Harei Kan Shnaim, that's a Lashen Rabbim. Who's it coming to include? Obviously, the Isha. Imke Matam Lemerish. So what then does the Pasuk mean when it says Ish? If it's Lav Davke Ish, then why say Ish? Ish, Sipi Piyadu Lasis. Ish, ain't Sipi Piyadu Lasis. The reason is, a man is always able to respect his parents. Because there's never going to be anything getting in his way. As opposed to a woman who's not always in control for her to be able to respect her parents. And the reason is, because there are other people that she has to respect as well, says Rashi, one word. Who are those other people? Baila, her husband. So that if a woman's husband tells her to do one thing and her parents to do something else, she has an obligation towards her husband before she has an obligation towards her parents. So the man who does nothing or no one that stands between him and his parents, ish, it's a blanket statement. You could always be Mechabed your parents. You could always have Yira for your parents because there's never anything that's going to be able to tell you to do otherwise. As opposed to the woman, a.k.a. Baila, it's for that reason that the Torah mentions that a woman has a chi of Yira, albeit more biramiza, but it doesn't say it as mefurish as it does regarding the man. Stating that, in the event that they get divorced, husband and wife, at that point, the man and the woman are going to be the same, because to the extent that she's married, she has Rishos HaKher Malet, but once she's divorced, there's no Rishos HaKher Malet anymore, and it's for that reason, her chiyuv towards her parents and her ex-husband's chiyuv towards his parents are going to be the same. We'll get back to this Gemara later in the Daftan Rabbanon. Nehmar, it says, Kabides avicha v'azimecha. V'nehmar, and it says, Kabides Hashem mehoincha. A person should honor Hashem with his wealth. Hishvakasa kibidah ve'eim lechvoy damakon. The Torah used the same word, kabid, to 
describe the mitzvah to honor your parents and to describe the mitzvah to honor Hashem. And the Torah didn't do that coincidentally. But hishva hakosuv kibud aim to show that there's some parallel between the mitzvah to honor your parents and the mitzvah to honor Hashem. Never, it says ish There's a mitzvah to have yira moira from your parents. And it says again hishva hakosuv the same word to describe the obligation to have yira to your parents that it uses to describe the mitzvah to have yira from Hashem. Never, it says mikalul You now let it curse your parents. And it says ish ish Again, says the Brisa. By the way, that when it comes to hitting your parents, you don't find that regarding hitting Hashem. Simply because it's not possible. But either way, you have it regarding the mitzvah of kibud of aim, moira of aim, and mikal of aim. That the Torah used the same exact language to describe of aim as it does for Kadosh Baruch Hu. bedin says the Brisa. It's very appropriate that the Torah uses the same lashon. You know why? Because your relationship to your parents is actually very similar to the relationship that you have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to honor your parents because they brought you to this world. The truth is that without Hashem, you wouldn't be on this world either. So your father and your mother both played a role in your existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who puts the neshama inside of you, that's Hashem's role, so to speak, in your Yetzirah. It's not only your parents, there's a third Shutif as well. You have a third partner, and your third partner is the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So it's for that reason that they're all lumped together, they're all brought together, because in essence, your relationship, which begets your responsibility towards them, is the same. You have to respect your father and your mother, because they're the reason that you're on this world. It's in that same vein, you have to respect the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because without a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you wouldn't either be in this world. Parenthetically, the Gemara mentioned this pasuk Kabbadis Hashem Mehoincha. There's a well-known Chazal where Chazal say Al Tikri Mehoincha Elo Me Groincha. So not Kabbadis Hashem Mehoincha from your wealth. But you should use your voice to honor Hashem. What's the pshat? I think the pshat is very simple. Whether it's mehoincha, whether it's migroincha, the point is that Hashem gives everybody talents. And Hashem gives everybody something that he doesn't give the other person. And a person's job is to identify what his unique talent set is, what his gift that he got from Hashem is, and use it to serve Hashem. So for one person, it's mehoincha. He's wealthy, so give tzedakah, use your money to honor Hashem. For someone else, he has a really nice voice, for a third person, it might be something else. Every person has koiches. Your job is to identify what those koiches are and use it to serve Hashem. Either way, more about kibud When a person respects his father and his mother, Hashem says, An interesting chazal. Take a look at the marsha for a little bit of a deeper meaning in what exactly the Gemara is saying. But Hashem says that if you respect your parents, I'll consider it it as if I lived together with you and your parents and it will be as if you respected me as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
knew that it's the derech of a child to have more covet for his mother than it is to his fa- for his father. And the reason is, Rashi says, because when a boy has a hard day and he comes home, who's there to talk to him, to appease him, to make him feel good, to make everything right? It's usually the mother. It's for that reason that a person would naturally be more inclined to respect his mother than his father, it's for that reason that the Torah emphasized the mitzvah of kibbut of more so than the mitzvah of kibbut of, to show that even though you're less inclined to respect your father than you are your mother, and then afterwards, and Hashem also knew that when it comes to it's the tendency of a child to have more for his father than who are you afraid of? You're afraid of your father. But the Gemara gives an interesting reason. It's because your father teaches you Torah. And it's for that reason, and then afterwards, in other words, the Gemara is making a diok. There are two mitzvahs, more about this tomorrow, at length, that, in ca- that involve of aim, respecting your parents. You have kibbut of aim and you have moira of aim. Kabides of icha vesimecha and you have ishim of tiro. By kibbut of aim, it says first kabides of and then vesimecha. When it comes to moira of aim, it says first ishimoi and then afterwards vaaviv tiro. What's the reason? So says the Gemara that. The Torah was addressing human nature. Human nature is to be mechabed, your mother, more than your father. That's why the Torah had to emphasize kabides avicha. Human nature is to have fear more for your father than for your mother. So that's why, again, the Torah had to emphasize ishimoi va'aviv tiro. So why does a person have more covet for his mother than he does for his father? It says the Gemara, mipnesha mashdaltoi bidvarim. Because a mother talks to her son and she can make him feel good give him chizik, that's something that the mother could do that the father doesn't have the ability to do and somehow that begets respect. The Pasuk says, it's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Ke'ish asha imoy tenach ha'menu, kena noichi anachem chem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that I'm going to be menachem to call Yisrael just as a mother is menachem or children. It's interesting because you never find that Hashem is referred to as our mother. Hashem is always our father. We have a father-son relationship. Avinu malkeinu. We don't scream out by Ne'ilah to Hashem that you're our mother. We scream out to Hashem that you're our father. Yet you have a Pasuk in Yeshaya where Yeshaya is describing Hashem's relationship to us. Ke'imoy. Like a mother who's menachim or son, I think the point is, is that a mother has a special kayach to be menachim over a father. That's this Gemara right here. And Hashem, who's perfect, and he's the perfect menachim, hamokim yenachim eschem, that's what we bench every person when we go to be menachim oval. Hamokim yenachim eschem, over here Hashem kaviyachol puts on the hat of mother, which is more of a potent, that even they had a father like a mother not even like a father the Gemara says that why does a person have more yira for a father but it's important to note that a mother plays a very important role in the chinuch of Torah of a child as well. Shema b'nei musar avicha v'altita ish teras imecha. We learned the Gemara's of Masech Tzaytan. Noshim b'mayz achyon because of the fact that they play a role in their children's 
Limud HaTayra. One interesting Marimakim on that note, and that's Rabbeinu Bechayim and Parashas Yisrael. We all know the Pasek. Kaysoyim Malaveis Yaakov, Vesagid Lebeis Yisrael. Says the Rabbeinu Bechayim. Why did the Torah first mention Beis Yaakov and only afterwards Vesagid Lebnei Yisrael? Why the mother first and then the father? Says... The Rabbeinu Bechayev Oid Shal Isha Hatoiva He Siba Latayra. It's because the mother is the Siba Fatayra. If a child is going to be Matzliach in learning, it's going to begin with the mother. Shehi Yecholu Lahamshech has been all the base of Medrash. She can convince her son to go to base Medrash. Lefishi Mitzuya Bebayes Vehi Mirachem Esala Vekama Mine Gaguim Kidei Lahamshech Oisayach Alimod Atayra Mino Urov Vegam Kiyaskun Lo Yosser Mimeno Azoy Zakra Mena Machai That the mother has a, plays a special integral role in the Chinuch of the children. So even though the mitzvah of Talmud Torah that was Davchavtes is the father's mitzvah it's not the mother's mitzvah but the mother's Koyach of Mashtaltoi Bedvarim is very men Manifest in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah as well, and that's why it's Kesoyim al Beis Yaakov, and afterwards the Sagid of Bnei Yisrael. Tani Tani Gemidur Rav Nachum is not just Mitzaris of Aves Imoy. So we said that if someone's Mechabedes of Aves Imoy, what does Hashem say? I'll consider as if I lived amongst you and you didn't only respect your parents, you respected me as well. The reverse is true as well. I'm very happy that I'm not living together with you. Because had I been living with you, by you disrespecting your parents, you would have disrespected me as well. Again, I am the Mashop for a beer in this if somebody doesn't have air when nobody's looking, it's as if he's pushing away the feet of the Shechina. Hashem says that my feet are in this world. If you do an Avera, you're suggesting that Hashem is not watching you. So it's as if you're pushing away Hashem's feet. Hashem's feet who are here, Hashem's presence that really is manifest in this world, in your mind, is not really there. Thus, it's ki'ilu doichik ragli Levi, a similar idea. Also, it's also for a person to go dalad amas like a balgaiva. Shenemar meloi chol ha'oretz kevoidai. And Rashi says that this is in the same vein as the previous Gemara that we just brought from Rabbi Yitzchak, because when a person walks around like a balgaiva, he's suggesting he's the ultimate power, but there's no one else there. It's not true. Hashem is here as well. So if you walk around, says Rashi, it's as if you're being It's worth mentioning that if a person's about Gaiva, it's not only he really is being the Gemara says in Sayyid Tadafe that Hashem says regarding the Balgaiva, I can't be together with the Balgaiva. I once heard from Ramoshamai Letterman. He said that why is it that when a person goes to the Kaisal, he's always overwhelmed with a certain humility. The Kaisal somehow sucks out the gaiva of a person. So you go to the Grand Canyon, you can understand it. But why is it when you go to the Kaisal, what, what is it about the Kaisal that's able to overpower a person in such a crazy way that it suddenly humiliates the person. It creates a certain humility in him. So he said, he said, when a person's about Gaiva, what does Hashem say? We can't be together in the same room. So what does Hashem do? He's Masalak himself. Hashem says, I'm not going to be together with the Balgaiva. So where the Balgaiva is, there's 
a siluk shechina on some level. But by the Makam HaMikdash, Kedusha Rishayna, Kitschel HaShayta, Kitschel HaZalavay, the shechina is not zuz from the Koislam HaRavi. It's never going to go away from there. So what happens when the Balgaiva goes to the Koislam HaRavi? Hashem's not being Masalik the shechina. And ain't Aniva who you're We can't be together. So Memela, Hashem has no choice but to be Masalik the Gaiva of this person. And that's why everyone starts putting on their paper yarmulkes, etc. Because there's a certain sense of humility that a person feels when it comes to the because to have the Shechina and your Gaiva in the same room, that's not an option. Either way, so on this note of not going down Amis, says the Gemara, wouldn't walk for Amis without a Yamaka. Omar, he said, The Shechina is on top of my head. I can't walk without a Yamaka. What does Shechina have to do with a Yamaka? So if somebody asks you, why do Jews wear yarmulkes? So you're going to tell them, because the Shechina is the Maila Mireshi. It's based on this Gemara right here. It's hard for us to fully appreciate what that means. Once upon a time, a person wouldn't appear in front of a king without covering his head. So the idea of us always walking around with a yamuk is the appreciation of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit, that we believe that wherever we are, we're in the presence of a king. If you're always in the presence of a king, you're always going to wear the head covering that everybody understood you're supposed to wear when you're in the presence of the king. But one thing interesting is, it sounds like it was Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua. He didn't go Dalai without a Yamaga, and everybody else did. Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua was from the G'dayli Amira. What about everyone else? And everybody else did. So this Gemara is one of the hashtags. It's one of the Maramakoimas that it could be from a halachic perspective, not hashkafic perspective, but from a pure halachic perspective, it could be one is not obligated to a yarmulke. We spoke about this in the daf at length, when we learned Mesechtis Nedarim Daflamid. So Nedarim Daflamid Amar Aleph is famous for the Ran and Nedarim. Nedarim Daflamid Amar Bez is famous, at least in our world, for hashtag yarmulkes. But we spoke at length here about first Chuvan Ramosha's Igris Moshe, Eirechayim, Chelek Aleph, Simen Aleph. He talks, Halacha Lamaisa is one obligated, again, from a pure Halacha standpoint, to wear a yarmulke or not. This Gemara right here would seem to suggest that Rav Huna, B'Reder of Yeshua, Loi Maski, Arba Amos, Begilera. There was a Ben Almana, someone who had lost his father. He had a mother, she was an Almana. And he once asked Rabbi Yezer the following question My father tells me, pour me water. My mother tells me, pour me water. Who should I listen to? So he told him, You should listen to your father, not to your mother. Because you and your mother are both obligated to listen to your father. So this is back of the envelope, back of the envelope arithmetic. So it makes sense that you should listen to your father, not to your mother. Both of them, Rabbi Yeshua. So apparently he wasn't happy with the answer he got. So he went to Rabbi Yeshua. Amaloi. He gave him the same answer. What if my parents get divorced? What would be the halacha then? Because now my mother's not obligated to listen to my father anymore. So now if my father tells me something and my mother tells me something, what should I do? On my list, Rabbi Yeshua told this boy, from your eyelashes, I could tell that you've spent a lot of time crying. And you're probably crying because one of your parents died. And it seems that your father died. How did he know his father died? Maybe his mother died. But either way, the way Rashi explains the Gemara, 
I could tell that this Shaila is not Allah Maisa. And because Rabbi Shu understood the Shaila wasn't Allah Maisa, he answered him, Bederek, Bederek Schoik. So what did he tell him? You should pour a bucket of water, put it exactly equidistant between your father and your mother, and when you give it to them to drink, you should coo to them the way people coo to roosters when they feed the roosters. Either way, he answered him in somewhat a facetious way, but the halachic element is there's no difference. Meaning the whole precedence that your father has over your mother is because of the fact that even your mother has an obligation to listen to your father. But to the extent that Niskarsha, there is not that obligation. Therefore, the halacha would be Give it to both of them. Serve them equally because there really is no precedence in serving your father over serving your mother. We had the Gemara earlier. The Gemara said that, why does it say in the Torah, ish why ish and not isha? So the Gemara says, because a man is always able to serve or to have moira for his parents, whereas a woman not. Because what happens if a woman's father tells her to do one thing and her husband tells her to do something else? Who does she have to listen to? She has to listen to her husband. She can't listen to her father. It's for that reason, ish, because the ish could always do it, the isha can't necessarily always do it. Chayodam asks a gewaldige kasha on this halacha, and he blibes Sarachin. Chayodam says that based on the Gemara that we just said, that there's a concept of at of the imecha, chayodam bechvoidavicha. Why don't we say the same thing over there? Because the halacha in Shulchan Aruch is that not only is somebody obligated to respect his father, but it's in Yeridea Simin Reish Memsev, Kotn Chavdalet. Chayev Odom Lechabet Chomov. A person has an obligation to be mechabed shver. If you take a look in the Bereite, not only yishver, the shvigar also. So a person has an obligation to respect yishver. So why don't you say that if a woman's husband tells her to do one thing and her father told her to do something else, don't listen to your husband, listen to your father. You know what? Because You know why? Because even your husband has an obligation to listen to your father. What's his obligation? Chayev Odom lechabed so just like the child listens to the father and not to the mother, because even the mother has to listen to the father, same thing. Why The mother should listen to her father and not to her husband, because even the husband has an obligation to listen to her father. Ay, it's her father, it's not his father. Says the Pischei he brings this kasha from the Chayodom, and he says from this kasha, there's a raya to something that the Shach says. The Shach says that this halacha of Chayiv Adam Lechabit Chamov is not a sif cotton in Hilchas Kibbut Avim. It's brought down in Kibbut Avim. But it's not really a Kibbut Avim Diga Halacha. You have to honor your father. You have to honor your father in law as if he's a shtickle your father. That's not the point. The reason you have an obligation to respect your shver is not meeting Kibbut Av, but the Shach's Loshin is. Just like there's an obligation to respect someone that's a zokin, someone that's a chashuv, in that same vein, you have an obligation to respect your father-in-law. But really, it's not me din kibud av, says the Pischeshuvah. It's not me din kibud av. It's not a good sushal to this shayla. In the case where your mother tells you one thing, your father tells you another thing, that's a regular chi of kibud. It's a kibud av diga halacha. There you have the halacha atav v'imecha chayovim b'chvaydovicha. But over here where it's a new halacha of kibud, it's more kibud skenim, kibud chashuvim. In this case, this halacha wouldn't apply. That's what the Pesach says. So in other words, we have a nice Chakir over here. The Allah is, you have to respect your father-in-law. You have to respect your mother-in-law. Is that midin kibod avu, eh? 
what would the rationale be? Ishtakigufai. So your wife's father is ishtakal like your father. You can make it work. Or it's a new halach of kibbutz. Kibbutz kenim, kibbutz chashufim. It could be it's totally in what the makar is that a person has an obligation to respect the shver. There's two makaris that are brought down in halacha. The pashup shadid, that is what the Torah brings here in Simon Reish Man, is that when David Amelach heard that Shal, who was his shver, one of David's wives, were one of Shal's daughters. So when David heard that Shal HaMelech died, he referred to him as Avi Avi. So you see that a shver is like a father. That's the Pashup shot that's brought down, why a person has an obligation to respect his shver, because David HaMelech called a shver Avi Avi Avi, and you have an obligation to respect your father. The Grun, Bir Grun brings a different shot. He says it's based on the beginning of Parshas Yisroi, where when Yisroi comes, Moshe goes out and he greets Yisroi, and and he prepares a meal for him. Chazal say he was literally serving Yisroi. Moshe Rabbeinu was serving Yisroi? Because Yisroi was a shver. So if the Makar is Avi Avi, so you see it has something to do with Kibbutz. That is the Makar. It's the fact that he called him Avi. So it probably has something to do with Kibbutz. If the Makar is from Moshe and Yisroi, it has nothing to do with Kibbutz. Either way, an interesting halacha, an important halacha, Chayev Adam Lechabit Chomov, but an interesting discussion, what the gather is. But that's all in the world of Lamdas. In the world of halacha, a person has an obligation to honor his shver, and like the Berhetev says, the kings of all the nations of the world, they all praised Hashem. Why? Because they heard the words of Hashem. But it says, What does this mean? When Hashem said, The first two of the Ten Commandments, They said, Yeah, of course. Hashem wants people to respect him. So he's saying, But when they heard Hashem say, Now they said, we're willing to accept even the Mamoris HaRishayna. So when they heard Maimar Picha, they weren't impressed. It was when they heard Imre Picha, when they heard down to the fifth commandment, now already they were impressed. Rav Omar, Rav says, The end of the Pasuk is, Says the Gemara, only the beginning of what Hashem said is Emes Elam. The way the Masha explains this Gemara, and really the two Gemaras that we just learned, is that when the Uma Yisraelim heard, it didn't really make any sense to them. Because the Uma Yisraelim can relate to a Mitzvah Sichlias, something that Makes sense. Something that doesn't make sense, they can't relate to. When they heard, so they realized that this is not just a bunch of rituals, but the Torah actually makes sense. Is even mentioned in the Torah. So then they were Now they said, even though we maybe don't understand, we don't understand, but we're going to accept it anyways. Why would be Soif Devarcha? So Rosh Devarcha MS. Rosh is Anoichi. That's the first of the commandments. Kabbadah Avicha is not the last, it's the fifth. Says the Masha, it could be because the Ten Commandments were written on two luchos, on two tablets. The bottom of the first tablet, the fifth one, is Kabbadah Avicha Vesimecha. Maybe that's why it's called Saif Tavarcha. Again, as in many of Agada to Gemaris Rachas, if you want a little bit more of a beer, you can always take a look at the Masha, the Ben Yoyada, the Maral. 
to get a better understanding for what these divriyagodami. Boy, my name is Rav Ulad. Hey, How far does the mitzvah of kibud of aim go? Amar, let me tell them too. Ruma also if you can have an echad ba'ashkeloin. Take a look at what a certain non-Jew did in Ashkeloin. V'damo benesina shemoy. And his name was Dabo benesina. Pachachas bishacham prakmati b'shishim riboy schach. Once upon a time, the yidden needed a certain business, for, and they were willing to spend shishim riboy six hundred thousand schach. Dollars. And in order to consummate this transaction, Dabba Benesina needed a key that happened to have been under the pillow that his father was lying in. He didn't wake up his father. So you see that Dabba Benesina was willing to forego this kind of deal, not to be Mitzayra's father. That's how far the mitzvah of Kibur of Aim goes. So this is the lesser known of the Dama Benasina stories. The better known one is the next one. Omer Av Yehuda Omer Shmuel. Shalos Rebbe Yezra. Heichon Kibidovei. Omer Lami. Told him to Surah Ma'asa. If you could have an echad of a bashkulain. Take a look at what a certain guy did to his father in Ashkelon. Dama Benasina Shmuel. Picture of a man. Chabam Avadam Leif. Chabam once needed stones for the Eifit. Beshish and Ribay Schar. And they were willing to spend $600,000. Rav Kano Masni. Beshmoinim Ribay. It was $800,000. And the kid was underneath the head of his father. And he was a Mitzayat. Mashonach. The following year, Hashem paid him back. His Eder gave birth to a Paraduma. And the Chachmi Yisrael came to buy the Paraduma. As we know, the Yidim were willing to spend whatever they needed to spend to get their hit. Hands on the very rear paraduma. Amulehem Sadom Benesina told them, I know that I can name a price. Whatever I say, you're willing, you're going to pay. I just want you to give me the money that I lost last year. Because I didn't want to wake up my father. Reb Chanina said when he heard the story, who had no obligation to honor his parents. He was an Einam Mitzvah He's not obligated. In Kabbalah, the Sarah's Hadibas weren't given to the Bnei Noach. They have Sheva Mitzvah It was given to us. And still he got such reward for being. Mekayim, the mitzvah of Kibbut of Eim, mitzvah v'oisa, alachas kama v'kama. Us, Yidin, who do have a mitzvah of Kabbut Esavicha v'asimecha, could you imagine what kind of schar we're going to get if we properly honor our parents? Because Rab Chanina himself once said, this was Rab Chanina l'tamei, kodom mitzvah v'oisa, mimishayin mitzvah v'oisa, that the schar a person gets when he does a mitzvah that he's obligated to do is greater than the schar that he gets when he does a mitzvah that he's not obligated to do. On that note, I used to think, we know was a summa. The two famous summas in Shas are Rabbi Yosef and Rav Sheshes. So Rabbi Yosef used to say that if somebody would tell me that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda that holds, that a summa is potem and a mitzvah, it's just like a cherishayt of a katan, a potem and a mitzvah, Rabbi Yehuda holds, a summa is also potem and a mitzvah. So I used to think that if somebody would tell me that's the case, I would make a big party, I would make a suda, the hallway because it means I'm not obligated to do the mitzvahs, and I do it anyways. I'm probably going to get a lot of schar. But now that I heard Reb Chanina said that it's to the contrary, that the person who's obligated to do a mitzvah and does the mitzvah gets more reward than the person that's not obligated to do the mitzvah and does the mitzvah. So now I see it in the opposite. If somebody would tell me that the Allah is not like Rabbi Yehuda, now I would go and I would make a suda 
to the Chachamim, incidentally, the Yamshel Shloimo, on this Gemara, it says this is the Makar to the Sudas Bar Mitzvah. Because you see, Rabbi Yosef said, if somebody would tell me that I'm a Chuyiv in Mitzvahs, I would celebrate by making a Suda. A Vidna Yoyim Atav This right here, tucked away, is the Makar to the Sudas Bar Mitzvah. Either way, one final note regarding Dama Ben Asino, Dama Ben Asino was once wearing a very expensive suit. And he was sitting amongst the Chashuvim in Rome. His mother came, she tore it, she knocked him over the head, she spit at him, he did embarrass her. So this wasn't a one-time event where Dama Ben Asino had tremendous respect for his parents. You have two stories where he didn't want to wake his father up, and now you have a story where he honored his mother as well. Either way, they asked Rebbe Eliezer, how far does the mitzvah of Kibbut of Aim go? And what did he tell him? is the man that goes down in lore as the paradigm for how one is supposed to honor his parents. Dama bin Asina didn't wake his father up, so certainly your kids should let you sleep on a Shabbos afternoon. That's the story that we're always told as young children. But just to fill in some of the blanks, a little bit of the rest of the story, there's a Yerushalmi that expands on the story a little bit. One detail that the Yerushalmi adds to this story is that the stone that the Chachamim were missing, that they were looking to replace, was the Stone of Yashve. Yashve is one of the 12 Avmei Choshen, and it was that particular stone that they needed. Dovan Ben Asina had it, and that's the story they were willing to spend all this money, but he wouldn't wake his father up. It was the stone of Yashve. Why Yashve? There's no coincidences. So, why did the Hashkacha fear that it should be Yashve that's the stone that they're missing and not one of the other stones? Said the he says, because the stone of Yashve, as all stones, correlated to one of the Shvatim. Yashve correlated to Binyamin. You know what was unique about Binyamin? Binyamin is the only one of the Shvatim we find that never violated, on some level, the mitzvah of Kibbut Av towards his father, Yaakov. The Shvatim sold Yosef. It caused Yaakov a tremendous amount of pain. They were nichshal on some level in the mitzvah of Kabed Asavicha. Yosef himself, who was sold, he was the victim, but he too was nichshal on some level. Because all the years that he was Melech Mitzrayim, when he had the opportunity to reveal himself to his father Yosef and appease him from the pain that he had, he chose not to. Why? All the Rishonim are bothered by it. But the reality is that Yosef never revealed himself to Yaakov. The only one of the Shvatim that were an innocent bystander was Binyamin. He's the only one we find that had perfect honor, perfect respect for his father. It's for that reason when Hashem wanted to teach the Bnei Yisrael a lesson for generations on Kibbutz of Eid. Whose stone did he pick to teach this lesson? It was the stone of Binyamin. Binyamin who had epitomized Kavid Savicha? it's with his stone Yashve that this story of Dama Ben Asina is going to be transmitted. He's going to be the Megalgul and Tzchosa Zakai to teach Klai Yisrael what it means. That's our number one. Our number two, Chassidim say a story from the Chidushe Arim. So the Yidin needed this Yashve. Dama Ben Asina doesn't want to wake up his father. The next year, Hashem rewards him with a Paraduma, and he ends up getting the money that he had lost the previous year. Why Paraduma? Said the Chidushe Arim that when this story happened with Dama Ben Asina, there was a tremendous Kitrig in Shemayim. And all the Malachim were going crazy. Look at this. David 
Dama ben Asina, a guy, is willing to be so moist and effish for a mitzvah. He's willing to walk away from so much money. The Jews were looking pretty bad. A guy is willing to do this. What are we going to say about ourselves? Hashem said, watch. I'm going to show you what the Yidin are willing to do. The following year, he gave Dama ben Asina a paraduma. That's a mitzvah that the Yidin are willing to spend all the money in the world for. But not just that. There's a very big difference between the mitzvah paraduma and the mitzvah of Kibbut of Eim. Kibbut of Eim is the parrot. It's the epitome of a mitzvah sichlias. Paraduma is zois chukas It's the epitome of a mitzvah that makes no sense. Hashem was trying to show the makatrik that it's true, this guy, Dama ben Asino, is willing to go to great lengths to do a mitzvah. But a mitzvah sichli, the Yidin will do the same exact thing even for a mitzvah that makes no sense. Even for a mitzvah that they don't understand. That was this connection between the story of Dama ben Asino and the reaction with the paraduma to show the makatrik that this, that Dama ben Asino was willing to do, the Yidin are willing to do as well, even in a greater fashion, because they'll do it even with Chukas HaTayra, even with a mitzvah sichli. But there's a more lamnish component to this stuff as well, or to this story as well. And that is, the Gemara said, Umami What's the inference from this Gemara? That a non-Jew of Benoich is not obligated in Kibbut of Eim. Now, first glance, you would say, of course, it's not one of the Shevim Mitzvahs Bnei Noyach. So if Kibbut of Eim is not one of the Shevim Mitzvahs Bnei Noyach, so certainly they're in Eim Mitzvah But it's a mistake. Why is it a mistake? Because the Rishonim say that just like Bnei Noyach in the Shevim Mitzvahs Bnei Noyach, they're also obligated to do any Mitzvahs Sichli. The Cheskuni says in the Parshas Noyach, etc., etc. The Rishonim say Bnei Noyach are Mitzvah in Mitzvah Sichli. Kibbut of Eim is the epitome of a mitzvah sikhli, which means that a ben noyach, a non-Jew, has an obligation to honor his father and his mother, which means he is a mitzvah voisa. So if he's a mitzvah voisa, then how do you understand Pashat Pshat in this Gemara? But I think the Pshat is Pashat Adlamoy, and it's based on the Gemara that based on the base. It's also Gemara above a Kama Daflam Ches. The Gemara says that at some point in history, Hashem saw that the ben noyach weren't doing the Sheva Mitzvah's Bnei anymore, Omad the Yatur Goyim. What did he do? He took away the Mitzvah's. Faith the Gemara, he took away the Mitzvah's. Lo Yehechait the Nisko. That's not what it means. It means that a guy that does a Mitzvah, even if he does it, he doesn't get Schar anymore like a Mitzvah Voisa. He only gets Schar like an Eina Mitzvah Voisa. That's this Gemara. Avada Ben Noyach has a Mitzvah, keep it over there. Because it's a Mitzvah Sikhli. But just like the Gemara says in Avoy Dazar, that pays him in base, and above a Kamadaf Lamet Ches, that if a guy does even one of the Sheva Mitzvah's Bnei Noyach, he only gets Schar like the Eina Mitzvah Voisa. So a guy. Even if he's obligated to do the mitzvah, it's still an Eina Mitzvah Vaisa. That was what Rab Chanina said. But that in and of itself is Sarah Beer. What does it mean that a guy is obligated to observe the Shev and Mitzvah but even if he does it, he only gets Chai like the Eina Mitzvah Vaisa? Doesn't make sense. It seems to be unfair. Kalash Baruch is not Bob Shunya Imbriyasav. Hashem is fear. So how does it make sense that you're obligated to do it, but when you do it, you get Chai as if. You weren't obligated to do it. So Rabbi Itzala Petterberger, Talmud Muvik of Rabbi Yisrael Salantar, in his classic Musa work, the Koichve Or, says, based on a Toysis in our Gemara. The Gemara says, Godol ha Why? Nira. Da'ainu ta'ima. Demisha mitzvah ve'oysa adith. Someone that has an obligation to do something, he has to go through more pain in order to perform a mitzvah. When you have an obligation to do something, 
there's a certain pressure that you have that you don't have if you don't have an obligation to do it. You ever hear the expression, he's playing with house's money. When you have nothing to lose, so it's much easier to perform on a high level. But when you are in a pressure situation, it's much more difficult for you to perform. So if you have an obligation to wake up early in the morning and go learn and to daven and to make Sman Kriyashma, there's a certain pressure that you have. That pressure makes it difficult. When you do it, you're going to get more schah. But if you don't have to wake up early in the morning, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. So now you suddenly don't have pressure. If you don't have pressure, you don't have that level of tsar, you're going to end up getting less tsar. The goyim are perke oil. Said Rabbi even if you're going to find the Benoyach, who's going to do it right? It doesn't matter. Being that he doesn't walk around, he doesn't have the quality that the Metzuvah V'Oysa has, the quality that's the reason why the Metzuvah V'Oysa gets more schar. Therefore, even when he does the mitzvah, he's only getting schar like in a Metzuvah V'Oysa. And as you would expect, Rabbi took this to the next level and he said the same is true for everybody. He says a Yid who's mitzvah and he's doyeg about mitzvahs, so when he does a mitzvah, he's going to get tzchah like a mitzvah v'oysa. But what about a yid? A Yisrael, not a benoyach. A yid that sometimes does a mitzvah, sometimes doesn't do a mitzvah, but he doesn't have that inherent pressure of doyeg or that I can't do this because then I won't be able to do that. He's not walking around with that nerve of I can't or need to because of the mitzvahs. Even when he does it, Rabbi Tzlah says, he shouldn't be surprised if one day he's not going to get tzchar like a mitzvah v'oysa. He may get tzchar like a mitzvah v'oysa because the whole emphasis of Godel ha-mitzvah v'oysa is like Toysvah says, that he should doyeg u-mitzta'er Says the Gemara Vaita. Tani Avimi Breder Abavo. Yesh Michael Oviv Kesioini Vitardoi Mina Oilam. It's possible for a person to honor his father in a very bakovidig way. You could serve him a, a very luxurious meal, but ultimately Vitardoi Mina Oilam. He's going to cause himself to be punished, and one day for all the honor that he gave his father, it's going to all backfire on him. And to the contrary, and the point is, it's not just what you do, but it's also how you do it. So if you do it in a respectful way, that's a good thing. But if you do it in a disrespectful way, that's going to be a bad thing. So Bavol once said that my son Avimi Kaya Mitzvah's keyboard. He is the paradigm of how one should be making the mitzvah of keyboard. Avimi had five sons. But we're Bavol. Avimi's father, these five boys' grandfather, would come to Avimi's house, curry above us. As soon as you're knocking on the door, Rod Vazel. Avimi would start running. He would open up the door by himself. As he was walking towards the door, he would say, In, in, I'm coming, I'm coming. Until he would get there. Meaning, he had five sons, he had plenty of Gaboyim. Instead, he felt that he wanted to honor his father by himself, and this was something that he did. And even though the sons technically had a mitzvah, maybe, of kibbutz Ave'im to respect their grandfather, you could argue it's chenuch, it didn't matter. That's not what he wanted. He felt that he wanted to honor his father all by himself. Says the Gemara, one day, Amalei Ashkemaya. So Rabavo told the son Avimi, can you please pour me a glass of water? Ad by the time that Avimi came to Rabavo with a glass of water, Nimnam, Rebavo was sleeping. Gochens, he bent down. Koya lay at the itter, and he waited and he stood there with the cup of water until Rebavo woke up. Estayim milsa, and the Gemara says that Avimi had tremendous siyata deshmaya during that time that he was standing, waiting 
to serve his father this cup of water, Vidarash Avimi, and it was at that sitting or that standing that Avimi Darshan Mizmar La Asaf. So what does Mizmala Asaf mean? So Taisa says a pshat, Rashi says two pshatim. If you look at Rashi's second pshat, it's a particular drasha on that pasik. Mizmala Asaf, Elikin, Bo Goyim ben Achla Secha, Timu as Hechel Kachecha, Samu as Yerushalayim Le'iyim. Mizmala Asaf, David HaMelech sang Shira when he saw Beruach HaKodesh, the one day the base of Mikdash was going to be destroyed. And Avimi Darshan, the well-known Drasha, Mizmar Laas of Kinami what's he seeking Shira for? Why is David Amalek pulling out his harp? This is a time to sit on the floor and to say Kinnus. What was the reason Avimi said? It must be because David Amalek knew that the Yidim were going to do Averis. And because of the Averis, the Yidim are going to do, they're going to have to be punished. And he was worried that maybe Hashem is going to let out his anger on Basar Vedam, when he saw Beruach HaKodesh, that the Beis HaMikdash would be destroyed, he sang Shira, he said, When did he say that pshat in Mizmar? It was during that sitting over there. What's the connection between Mizmar La'asav and Avimi's Kibur of Aim? So take a look in the Svarim. They say a little bit of a pshat, but it's just worth mentioning something that we spoke about once at length, and that's the Vilna Goyen in his Bir Agra. says that why do we say Nachim Atishabah by Mincha? Why don't we say it by Shachris? Says the Bir Agra, this Gemara right here. It says, Ein Kedushan Daflam and Aleph Amibes, Mizmar La'asav. What do you see in this Gemara? Classic Vilna Goyen. Because when did Chorben Beis HaMikdash start? It started La'achar Chatzais. In fact, the Iker for the Iker Churban of the base of Mikdash happened on Yudbav. That's what Rabbi Yechonah famously said. Had I been there, it wouldn't have, that we wouldn't fast Tishabav, we'd fast Yudbav. Because that's when the main thing happened. Says the Vulgarian, being that the Iker Shreifa, it all started really, that's why it's Davka that we say Nachem. Because in Churban Beis HaMikdash, there's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's terrible. It's a churban. And that's why we mourn the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. But at the same time, when David HaMelech saw churban Beis HaMikdash, Baruch HaKadosh, he said, Mizmar La'asov. He sang Shira. Because David HaMelech understood that in churban Beis HaMikdash, Likten HaChama, that Hashem will do anything he needs to do. He'll even destroy his own house. He'll destroy the Beis HaMikdash. But one thing he will never destroy is he'll never destroy Klai Yisrael. David HaMelech sang Shira when he saw Baruch HaKodesh Chorben Beis HaMikdash. We say Nachem, Davka La'acha Mincha. That's when the Chorben happened because in Chorben Beis HaMikdash there's a Mizmer La'asav. There's a tremendous Nechama for Klai Yisrael. Amalei Rav Yaakov Baravu Labai. You're going to know. So Rav Yaakov Baravu told Labai, somebody like me, the Ado Asina Mebei Rab Abba, by the time I come home from Yeshiva, Madli Kosa, I'm sorry. My father pours me a glass of water. Or maybe wine. So what should I do? Should I take it from my father? Should I take it from my mother? He told me, You should take it from your mother. Don't take your father. Maybe he's going to feel bad that he's serving you somehow. You should take it from your mother. You shouldn't take it from your father. At first glance, I just don't understand this Gemara. Abaya, we know, never saw his parents. So Rabbi Yaakov Baravu is couldn't find anyone else to ask the Shiloh to than Abaya. He's telling him, when I come home, my father's taking care of me, my mother's taking care of me. How do you think Abaya felt? Tarifan had an older mother, and it was difficult for her to get off and on her bed. So whenever she had to go on her bed, Gochin Vesolikla, Reb Tarifin would bend down and she would use Reb Tarifin as her stool to get on her bed. And again, she would use Reb Tarifin as the stool to come down. So Reb Tarifin once came to the base of Medrash and he said that 
you know what kind of kibbutz aim I'm doing for my mother? He's very proud of his kibbutz aim. Omri Leh, they told him, You think you're doing kibbutz aim? You didn't even do half of what you're really supposed to do. And they said, for example, Did she ever take your wallet, chuck it into the water, and you said nothing? When you do that, then you'll let us know. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, when he would hear his mother coming, he couldn't see her, right? He was blind. But he said, I'm standing up because the Shechina is coming. I'm Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan famously said, He said, it's so difficult for a person to properly honor his parents that praises a person that actually never met his parents. And in fact, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechanan was a not-Dairish because Rabbi Yechanan, when his mother conceived him, his father died, and when he was born, Mesa Imoy, his mother died. Rabbi Yechanan never saw his parents, and he himself said, Ashrei Mishalei Chaman. Instead of walking around depressed and feeling terrible about the fact that his parents didn't raise him, to the contrary, Ashrei Mishalei Chaman, he saw the world through the purview of Torah Mitzvahs, and he actually felt that he was speared. This Nisayan, this very difficult Nisayan of properly honoring your parents. V'chein Abaya, the same is true regarding Abaya, that he too never saw his parents. Abaya is Rosh Tevis, Asher, Becha, Yerucham, Yasin. Ain't he fake the Gemara? Abaya, Abaya said, Amrliyeim. And incidentally, if you look at the Maseris Ashas, he brings 15 places in Shas where it says Amrliyeim. We've learned 14 of them together. Either way, so what does it mean, Amrliyeim? Abaya did have a mother. Says the Gemara, he This is the, his nanny, the woman that raised him, but he didn't mean literally his mother. Rabasi had an older mother. Amrliyeim, she told him, Be'ina Tachshitim. I need jewelry. So he made her jewelry. Then she said, I want to get married. He said, no, I'm going to look into, I'll get in touch with the Shatchanim. I'll see if I can find a husband for you. Then she said, but tell the Shatchan, I'm looking for someone as handsome as you. He realized already that it's going to be very difficult for him to properly honor his mother. Dementia was creeping in. That's what the Rishonim say, so he made Aliyah, he went to Eretz Yisrael, he said, rather than be with my mother and not properly honor her, I'd rather just go away like this, I won't have to deal with it, I won't be nichshal. Says the Gemara, one day, Rav Asi hears that his mother found out where he's living, and she's following him up to Eretz Yisrael. So he went to Rav Yechon, who was the Mara the Eretz Yisrael. I want to go greet my mother, I heard she's coming to be with me. So can I leave Eretz Yisrael, meet her halfway on a rest stop somewhere in uh, Babylonia, <laughs> whatever. Can I go meet her? I want to greet her. I'm a late usher. Now let her. Now he hadn't clarified that he was leaving Eretz Yisrael to greet his mother. He just said, can I leave Eretz Yisrael? He said, no. What about if I'm going to respect my mother? Can I leave then? So Amalei told him, any day, I don't know. Itrich Porta, so Rav Asi waited a little bit of time. And Hader Asi asked Rav Yechon the question again. Amalei, so Rav Yechon told Rav Asi, Asi, Nisratzis Lotzis, I see that you really want to go. No, Hamokim Yachzichel Shalom, I give you a bracha. Fargazunt the hate, Kungazunt the hate, he gave him a bracha. Also, the Kamid Rav Lazar. So after this happened, Rav Asi went to Rav Lazar. Amalei, Chasim Shalom, Dumma Mirtach Rotach, you think maybe I upset Rav Yechon? And just from the way Rav Yechon responded to me, I have a feeling maybe I upset him. Amalei, my Amalei, what Rav Yechon tell? 
tell you. Amalei told him, I'm mocking Yachzer Cholasholim. Says, Fargus went to hate. Amalei, he told him, Misa de Rasul, have a varachlach. I don't know, it sounds to me like he gave you a bracha. Maybe Ravasi thought he was being sarcastic or facetious, but either way, Rabbi says, Rabbi Yechanan's not sarcastic. If Rabbi Yechanan told him, Hamakim Yachzer, he said, Fargus went to hate, it's a bracha. He's supposed to say, Amen. Yes, Gayach, you too, Fargus went to hate. Ada hachi, bahachi. Either way, as Rabasi was deciding if he should go greet his mother or shouldn't go greet his mother, he heard that his mother was coming, but she wasn't alive. Her aurin, her coffin was coming. She had died, and she was going to be buried. Omar, he said, had I known that she wasn't coming alive, then I certainly would not have gone out to greet him. Meaning he thought he was being Matan Kibbutz by going to greet his mother. But when he heard that it was the aurin that was coming, not, and this last Gemara is going to segue into the first Gemara, tomorrow's daf, which is, is there a mitzvah to be mechabit one's parents, so if somebody's father or mother is not alive, is there a mitzvah of kibbutz, is there not a mitzvah of kibbutz, a lot of interesting halacha, a lot of interesting raid, the beginning of tomorrow's daf.